2: Hour number two underway now at 8 minutes past 10 o'clock. It is a Friday, a free fall Friday for the next half hour. Um, The 11th morning of the second month of the year year of our Lord, 2022. Um, Coming up at 1035, we'll talk to to Christina Hagen. If you missed my interview... With Timothy Barton from the Epic Times on Black History Month, it's it's really one you should hear. It's really really packed with information. He's a an historian uh, and a great one, and um, he brings a real you know a lot of very important information. I think that people need in this age of racial division uh, about Black History Month and how it used to be a, a force for good or it used to be uh, a positive influence. And uh, in, as we talk about the contributions of African Americans to America, but it's uh, it's been weaponized now, and quite frankly, it's it's insulting. It's insulting to condemn an entire race's contributions to history to one month, rather than this is American history and it should be taught all the time. Real quick, uh, actually two real quick ones before I go to phone calls and, and like I said, phone lines are open now at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Number one, this is great news for the campaign for Jim Renacci. Just saw this. Literally a few minutes ago during our break, um, an endorsement has been made by a man who has become extraordinarily popular with Trump supporters. Very few people have fought as hard to prove that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump through uh, election fraud. Um, through all kinds of different voter irregularities in all kinds of important battleground states, few people have done more to prove it and to fight for Trump and to fight for electoral integrity than Mike Lindell, American businessman and entrepreneur, and yes, that's the MyPillow guy. And um, Mike Lindell has just issued his strong support and endorsement for Jim Renacci, for governor of the state of Ohio. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Like I said, this this race for governor in the state of Ohio, I, I cannot underscore the importance of this to make sure that Democrat Mike DeWine is removed from office. Democrat Mike DeWine... Cannot get another term to run Ohio's economy into the ground and take more liberties and freedoms away from the con- constituents uh, and the citizens of the state of Ohio. It can't be allowed. And I have said that I will go scorched earth. I'll do it in speeches, presentations, slideshows, webinars, and radio. I'll do everything I can everywhere I can to stop Mike DeWine because he is a just a genuine threat to the state of Ohio. And the fact that the corrupt... Ohio Republican Party continues to support him and is going to vote to endorse him and thus open up the coffers of the state party to spend money to get him reelected is pathetic and indefensible. But that's what the ORP is. It was under Jane Timken and it is under Bob Paduchik. It's pathetic, it's corrupt, and it's unified in its support for a Democrat like Mike DeWine. And I'm tired of calling him a rhino. He's a he governs like a Democrat, so I'm just going to call him a Democrat. I'm not going to go into all of the things that he did that he beat Andrew Cuomo to, that he beat uh, a Pritzker to, that he beat Whitmer to, that he beat uh, who else? Newsom to. All these blue state governors, you know, took lessons from Mike Dewine on how to lock down the people, how to crush their own economies in the name of COVID protocols listening to unelected bureaucrats. Mike DeWine has got to go. And I'm disgusted that there aren't more Republicans just just beating the drum of getting rid of this guy. And I've got news for you. The only way to get rid of this guy is to vote in the primary for the one guy who can beat him. And that's Jim Renacci. Joe Blystone has a snowball's chance in the middle of summer in Tempe, Arizona. He's a fraud. Farmer fraud. Can't do it. I'm still trying to get him on, by the way, so I can talk to him face-to-face about his failing campaign and why he needs to go. Ron Hood is a good conservative guy, but only joined this race when Jim Renese turned him down for lieutenant governor. Same thing with Candace Keller, who's running along with him. They both interviewed with Jim Rennacy to be his number two. That means they believe in Jim Rennacy. But Jim Rennacy went in a different way and went with Joe Knopp. And so suddenly, in their butt hurtness, they decide to run together to further split the anti-DeWine vote. Ron Hood and Candace Keller and Joe Plystone are hurting Ohio citizens because they're going to combine to... Split the anti DeWine vote into numbers that are all smaller than what DeWine supporters will give him and the ORP will give him. And Mike DeWine will be escorted arm in arm back to the governor's mansion by these people. Jim Renacy is the only shot. His internal polling shows him beating Mike DeWine in a one on one matchup handily by at least eight points. In a three way matchup between, uh, between, um, uh, 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 DeWine, Renese, and uh, a Blystone? It's neck and neck. Or he's trailing by a few. And it's all because of what Blystone supporters are doing. And by the way, Joe Blystone supporters are truthfully Mike DeWine supporters. As a matter of fact, some of them can be personally identified by name as maxing out contributions to the Blystone campaign just to keep him in the race, while being associated with Mike DeWine's pack, Pro-DeWine supporters, pro-DeWine voters are giving money to Joe Blystone to keep him in the race, to split the anti-DeWine vote and make it easier for DeWine to waltz into office again. It's sad, it's dangerous, and it's pathetic. But this is good news. Jim Renese has received the endorsement from Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell, of course, is an extraordinary uh, conservative who has fought very hard for Donald Trump and to prove the election fraud that gave my, uh, Joe uh, Joe Brandon his opportunity in office. Mike Lindell was in uh, will be in Canton next weekend, and he issued this statement. Or I beg your pardon, Jim Renacci issued this statement. I'm glad to have the support and endorsement of a business leader like Mike Lindell, one who understands the importance of the MAGA agenda. He knows and understands the importance of business leaders stepping into the fight, especially with his ardent support of President Trump. I'm thankful to have Mike on Team Renacci. Mike Lindell, can, this is Joe Knopnow, Lieutenant Governor Candidate. Continues to be a warrior for America. He's uh, joined me in the fight against abortion. He was the most outspoken CEO supporting President Trump and now uh, supporting, fully supporting Jim Renacci and I to return Ohio to a true conservative, pro-Trump, pro-life state. So that's huge, the announcement of Mike Lindell, who is such, a, such, such an ardent Trump supporter to be on Team Renacci. I hope that really opens the eyes of a lot of conservatives. Okay, uh, let's go to Mike, who's calling us from Lakewood on AM fourteen twenty. The answer—it's free for all, so whatever you want to talk about is fair game. Mike, go right ahead.
0: Uh, this Hello? is Mike from Akron.
2: Mike in Akron. My apologies, Mike in Akron. Okay. Go right ahead. You're
0: up. All right. First, I want to say I had a great, nice rest on my pillow. Fantastic. <laughs> Can't recommend it enough. So, hey, uh, I just want to say, yeah, the inflate—I don't know how that guy is still in business after what the left has done to him. I salute him. His courage. Is unbelievable. I love that guy, and uh, he is a true hero. So, And, Bob, I just want to thank you for educating your uh, audience. I I, I got – and I get mail from the Republican Party. I toss it in the garbage, and I'm going to send money to Jim Renacy and to candidates who actually are true conservatives who need the money. So thank you for educating, and thank you for the outstanding guests you consistently have on your show. Uh, I listened to Candace Owens the other day you had on. She was fantastic, but I'm talking more about Peter Kirstenow, uh, Jim Jordan and Dr. Everett Piper. Love 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 those guys. So thank you for that. I called to talk about inflation. Um, the 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 actual number is much higher. And one of the ways you know that is because when he when Biden shut down the XL pipeline, what did he start doing? They keep to artificially keep the gas prices low. He's drawing down from the strategic oil reserves, which is it's unbelievable the insane policies of the left and how destructive they are. And this inflation is a seven and a half. It's actually higher percent tax on the poor and average working Americans. And I'm telling you, this this trucker thing up in Canada is a big freaking deal. I mean, last night in Tucker Carlson they talked about it. It's 25 percent of our trade goes over the Detroit Canadian uh, bridge, and it's shut down. And it's affecting Ford and Toyota uh, and GM uh, big time. So it's it's going to really affect things. But it's going to get ugly. Because here's the thing, when, when somebody is, has a lot of money and really good job, it's easier to control them by saying, I'm going to take that away from you. They're, you know. But when people you know, are lower class and they're the backbone of your society and they don't have places to sleep and they don't have anything to lose, they can't even hardly find a place to go to the bathroom sometimes, and you're threatening them and all they want is freedom – But their freedom is is something they cherish more than, you know, the little you can take away from them. So it's going to get really ugly when they try to, you know, as Biden and Buttigieg or whatever his name is, try to shut this thing down up there.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, you covered a lot of ground there, so I want to try to respond to some of those. Keep listening, and thank you so much for the phone call. First of all, I also am very grateful to have the guests uh, that we do on this program. Uh, but Candace Owens, to be 100% cr- transparent here, was not one of them. We played some clips of Candace. Maybe you thought that she was live. She was not. Uh, maybe you were thinking of Michelle Malkin. I, we had on a couple of days ago. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, strong, conservative uh, ladies both. Maybe that was who you thought you were hearing. Um, to, to a few of those things, let me go in reverse order there in the trucker situation. That's why Justin Trudeau is fleeing. Now, now, understand that. The freedom convoy that is, you know, in Ottawa and extending back all the way across into the United States, as you say, across the bridge, um, that convoy is dug in. This isn't something It's like, hey, we're going to be here and wave our flags for a little while, and we're going to toot our horns for a little while, and then we're going to go back and continue to suffer under the tyranny of Justin Trudeau. They are dug in for the long haul. Trudeau knows it, which is why members of the Canadian Parliament are taking him to task. And I mean hard. And that's why when they are condemning him for his refusal to even meet with the truckers and their leadership, um, they are essentially blaming him for all of this. All of the supply problems, everything you just talked about with trade, everything that needs to go across the border and back, all of that stuff is specifically now on Justin Trudeau, and he keeps fleeing as he receives criticism. It just seems to be a liberal thing. It's what they do. Um, they, 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 they run whenever people criticize them, and they have no answers. And that's exactly what's happening here. Uh, and they're calling him out, too. They're condemning him for doing so, for not even listening to the other side, and certainly for meeting with the truckers to see if there's a way that they can find an end to this impasse. Uh, and part two of that is going to be coming up here very shortly, because I said before, word is... And I don't know that it's confirmed because they tried to set up and organize their nationwide trucker uh, protest against mandates put forth in the United States by not just Joe Biden with, quote, unquote, federal employees and even employees of federal contractors, along with military, but also state mandates like the one in California that the truckers have to be uh, vaccinated in order to, to come and work in the state of California. And of course, you know what that means? Oh, the truckers are stopping at the border and they're not going over to, and they're not going to, you know, bring stuff from the ports and so forth. So, what word is that this was supposed to happen in March? Facebook and other social media organizations blocked their organization. They were trying to organize this through social media and Facebook blocked it. Um, and now the word is that it's going to start earlier. It's going to start on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. What better time to call attention to it than to start that boycott and start that um, uh, that convoy in Los Angeles and cross-country we go, gathering new trucks along the way to protest uh, this, this it, it, again, I hate to overuse the word tyranny, but it is. It's tyranny. Being put forth by Brandon, President Brandon and his uh, acolytes who are Democratic governors like Gavin Newsom. And it's going to go all the way across the country to Washington, D.C. And if they dig in, the way they're digging in in Canada, well, let's just put it to you this way. The incentive is there because Canadian provinces are lifting their mandates in defiance of the federal or the national one by Justin Trudeau. They're lifting provincial uh, mandates. So that's a huge huge thing it shows that it works they are being brought to their knees to a, in a manner of speaking um and that's come into the United States as well and I'll tell you something I'm going to ask you mean this very sincerely it's going to impact me and you too I'm going to ask you to deal with it if our shelves become even more bare than they are right now because of Biden's complete and and total um inability to establish sound policy with respect to the pandemic and the supply chain. We already have empty shelves or very lightly stocked shelves, shelves because of the Biden policies, right? It's going to get worse. If this trucker convoy that is going on in Canada, uh, continues. And if one comes to the United States, the supply chain is going to be disrupted worse. And the, the, um, temptation is going to be for all of us to say, stop it, we need stuff. I need this, I need that. I can't get this, I can't get that. Remember the toilet paper scare of 2020? It's going to be a lot bigger than that. And you're going to tell them, enough. We we, we cave in, we submit. We'll do the jabs. We want you to do the jabs. Do what you got to do, but please stop. We need this. That's going to be the temptation. And what I'm going to ask you to do, and we should all ask one another to do, is remain steadfast and deal with it and find solutions, workarounds, share with neighbors and family, whatever you've got to do, uh, the way the Canadians are. They're suffering right now. People in Ottawa are in a bad way right now because of this blockade. But overwhelmingly, it's not a fringe minority group. It's overwhelming support for this moment. And that's something we better offer as well. This is a moment that should make its way into history books that are going to be read in 2030 and 2040 and 2050 and 2060. They're going to look back at 2022 and the time that the people stood up against tyranny, stood up against mandated injections of toxins with unknown effects. It's going to be a time that they stood up through the convoy and the supply chain shutdown uh, to stand up against tyranny. That is if we're allowed to write textbooks at that point in time. So let's plan on doing that together. I'll be right back.
0: If you've ever wished you could declare political bankruptcy. I declare bankruptcy! I declare bankruptcy! Keep your radio tuned to Always Right with Bob France. You declare bankruptcy, all your problems go away. On fourteen twenty, the answer
2: Ten twenty seven. Uh, it's it's an important moment in time, and I want that to be very very clear. It's a very important moment in time, and I hope we're ready to meet it. I really do. Uh, let's go to um, blah, 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 blah. Jan in Greater Cleveland. Let's talk about those truckers. Hi, Jan. Go ahead.
3: Oh, hi. You know, uh, Trudeau, uh, Trudeau is such an elitist fool. It's, he's he's being so ludicrous. These truckers have been working all through the pandemic. Pandemic, plandemic, whatever. And and now he has to have this last hurrah because they didn't get the elitists like him and I wonder who's I wonder who finances his campaigns. I think he's bought just like Brandon has been bought by China. I don't know who bought him. Well, but for him there, to make- there there
2: are globalists at work that would in my opinion Jan and thanks for the call include George Soros I don't think he just limits his money to the United States to influence our campaigns and our elections and our the way we are run it wouldn't surprise me if Soros and other globalists, globalists like that who of course are trying to unite these types of globalist leaders like Justin Trudeau with others uh, and into uh, sway and and bring in and pull in president Brandon I I would not be surprised to know, uh, to, to, to think that they're working in multiple places in North America. Uh let's go to um Roz in Cleveland. Hi Roz, go ahead.
3: Hello. This Hi, morning Roz. on TikTok. Yes, oh. I know I'm supposed to be too old for TikTok, but hey, gotta watch what the grandkids are doing. Um I saw uh someone had recorded the Ontario Provincial Police at her front door because what she put on Facebook to hand her a pamphlet on peaceful protesting. Really? They are monitoring social media um, and going to the homes of people who post.
2: That would not surprise me at all. And the only, and I didn't see this thing because I don't do TikTok, but, um, I do see TikToks posted in other social media places. So I know what you're Mm -hmm. talking about. And one of the, and thanks for the call. One of the things we saw is Canadian police officers literally cuffing and dragging a little tiny old man away for giving a thumbs up and tooting his horn at the trucker convoy. In other words, expressing support for it. In other words, expressing speech which apparently is not free in canada the way it's supposed to be and i'll say that underscored and air quoted supposed to be here in the united states the freedom of speech in the united states is supposed to make us different and when it's in you know being being allowed when it's when it's being enacted or whether or rather whether it's when it's not being suppressed that's what makes us different than other quote-unquote free countries But in in Canada, I saw video of the police officers dragging this old man away. Later, he was seen to be beaten and bruised. Now, again, I'm not. I'm just telling you what I've seen. They are like the Australian and the New Zealand police. Australia is a flat-out police state now, all in the overreaction to the pandemic. They are literally arresting people for staying out or walking outside of their homes in violation of the stay-in-place lockdowns, quarantines, and such. Um, we have seen this happening in other places, so it would not surprise me if they're monitoring Facebook posts and, as you say, going to doors to threaten and intimidate people. And guess what? If you think, Raz, that that's going to be specific and unique to Canada and to certain uh, countries in uh, Europe and to Australia, if you think that's going to be unique and not come to the land of the free and the home of the brave, well, then you must have missed the announcement You must have missed the announcement that was literally made this week from the Department of Justice that is going to declare American purveyors of misinformation that they deem to be dangerous, including COVID misinformation and or big lie, meaning the 2020 election misinformation, and January 6th misinformation. They're going to declare them as domestic terrorists. And what does the federal government do to domestic terrorists, particularly white ones? They crack down on them. They investigate them. They destroy their lives. So if what you saw in on TikTok in Canada is true, it's one thing to marvel at it from from afar, but know that you are going to be in that person's place if you continue to hold your own opinions and express them in a nation that is supposed to welcome free expression. The government is absolutely watching you. That's not theory. That's fact. Back uh, with uh, Christina Hagen after this.
0: Spreading the light of liberty and holding the line against the darkness of tyranny always right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer.
2: 1038 now back in a little bit late. My apologies for going over in the last segment to our regular Friday guest commentator, Christina Hagan, former Ohio State Representative, joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Good Friday to you, Christina. How are you? Great,
3: great. No apologies necessary. Just appreciate the opportunity to join in on the discussion and just Honestly, I'm, I'm passionate today. There are a lot of good fights being fought, and it's wonderful to see good results coming from it.
2: It's a pretty remarkable time in our country's history, to be honest with you, in our society. It really is. You're right. There are a lot of fights to be fought, and it's going to take people speaking up and becoming active in order for us to have a chance at winning them. So uh, let's dive in. We're going to start here, Christina Hayden, because we have a lot of ground to cover here with something I talked about in the first hour of the show, and that is President Brandon and whether or not he'll make it through his first term in office. For the first time, in the real clear politics average of national polls, which is, there's around a dozen polls that they go ahead and take the results of and they kind of lump them all together and say, where are we? For the first time, the Brandon Harris administration is under 40%. Now, they'd been well under 40%. He, she personally, Kamala uh, Harris has been under 30%, at around 28% in terms of her approval rating. But together, they have been under, or well, uh, down near 30% in a number of individual polls. But when you average them all together, including the pro-Democrat push polls, uh, the number was over 40. But now even that number has sunk under 40 for the first time. And they're just one year into a very, very destructive term. I'm wondering if he's, uh, I'm wondering if he's got the uh, staying power to last another three years.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty easy to see that these are historic levels of popular disapproval. I mean, for a 25-30 point deficit with independence to be happening, a point, or a group that he actually won by 8 points just 18 months ago shows you how drastically public opinion has shifted. Um, I don't see him recovering in any way. I mean, that's why we're seeing the vultures start to creep in. We're seeing Hillary Clinton climb out of her grave and start to resurface thinking that she might be able to um, reignite their support and their base. But i I've got news that's not going to happen. They don't support him. They don't support Kamala. Um, They're not going to support the radical, insane, liberal Democrat agenda. Um, There is a revolution transpiring. We're seeing that in Canada. We're seeing that here. And that's why even their own cheerleaders at CNN and MSNBC have um, come to reality that they can no longer parrot uh, their talking points and survive even a broadcast. I mean, these people are jumping overboard so quickly and so fastly. It's it's even hard to fathom this reality. But I look at...
2: Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to hit one thing, and then you continue. Factor in everything that you're saying is about a man who got more votes, according to the official results, more votes, 81 million of them, than any presidential candidate in history. How can somebody go from being the most popular by vote total candidate in history to under 40% in broad approval across the country in a calendar year? One year. That's a remarkable thing.
3: Yeah, it is. It is wild. I mean, you think about even just the reality of where he is within single digits of Hispanics, a, a group he won by 25 points just 18 months ago. I think a really important um, point to look at here is that he's even more disliked by young voters than he is by old voters, which is integral to the Democrat success. And shocking since he won the young voters um, and they always lean liberal. So it's it's and remarkable. those younger He's voters,
2: not- and those younger voters, Christina, are the most recent graduates of schools of indoctrination, both high schools and colleges, which are they literally they are preaching his agenda. Being, right, right. They're being taught Joe Biden politics. They're being taught Marxist socialist politics and supporting of it, and and not going out there and live. They're living life now and experiencing what it's life like under that, and saying, um, no, even their indoctrination didn't take.
3: Exactly. So even though the indoctrination may still be ingrained in their brains as what they believe, what they're feeling, the reality of him lying to them about student debt relief and giving them instead a year of shutdowns and inflation, um, he's going to see massive deficits in the used vote even. It's remarkable how much the Democrat Party has imploded in such a time span. I don't think we've ever seen anything like it.
2: Well, you're right. And now let's move into the second topic, which kind of dovetails off of this when this was this is you know, Democrats in an election year, a midterm election year um fleeing uh the sinking ship that is that is Biden Harris for example he went down to Georgia to give that big push uh against how terribly racist Georgia's new voting restrictions are in advance of what he had hoped would be a vote to abolish the filibuster and and uh, nationalize the elections and Stacey Abrams a declared candidate for governor again wouldn't even show up to be with him they don't want to be seen near him because he is so extraordinarily toxic and and so is Kamala Harris um you know unelectable that he's only going to drag everybody down so democrats are starting to shift away from joe biden and also away from their own uh core beliefs as it pertains to masking uh vaccines and other covid protocols they claim christina that the science has shifted so therefore they have to shift their policies accordingly uh so they're lifting mask mandates in a lot of blue states because they say the science is different now it doesn't look like the science is different it looks like only the polls are different christina
3: yeah, it is, I've never seen a full-party shift that happened so quickly and so um, counter to their entire messaging this entire time. Um, it's like they, they got our playbook and they realized this is the only playbook that wins. And by the way, it's not a playbook. It's just a general rule for reading truth and data and allowing people to have freedom. Um, that's what makes our country wonderful. That's what makes our country successful. And it, frankly, these Democrat leaders, if you will call them that, I won't, Um, people like Stacey Abrams who sit in a classroom full of children who are masked and harnessed while she sits um, smiling in the middle of the room and declares that it's something to do with um, her her skin color, that she is somehow able to not have a mask on in that classroom while these children are oppressed. These are not leaders, but these people, um, they're at least, the sliminess of them is at least smart enough to recognize, looking north to places like Canada, that The working-class people, the people that love freedom, the people that love our families, the people that love the ability for children to learn, for us to see our family members, um, maybe while they're in hospice or in nursing homes, the people that have lost their jobs, the people that have been forced to work long, exhausting hours, the people um, that saw China get away with murder— um, that they're not going to reelect these people. And so they're running as fast as they can from the Biden administration. But I think about how insane it is. Think about a leftist like Leanna Nguyen, um, the doctor uh, that CNN puts on as their talking head, who happens to be the former head of Planned Parenthood. She herself is admitting on live television within the last... Uh, 24 to 48 hours that masks, uh, should really be a choice and pandemic restrictions are now, um, not as necessary. I mean, this is the same woman that a month ago was saying that people should be forced to have their vaccination cards upon entry to restaurants. Uh, they now know that personal decisions with limited efficacy and people being banned, deplatformed, gagged, that these things, um, they're not, they're not okay anymore. Um, suddenly, you know, the Joe Rogan fight, all of these things matter to common Americans. And unless they roll over and reject everything that they've been saying um, and pretend they never said it, they will never be in positions of power ever again.
2: Christina Hagan is my guest talking about the news of the day, including some unbelievable actions by Democrats in the face of negative polling. Um, Let's move to, you mentioned the the truckers a moment ago, so I want to ask you to go a little bit more in-depth on that. Um... There are reports that the people of Ottawa are in a bad way right now because uh, the trucks are blaring their horns. They said sometimes twelve to fourteen to sixteen hours a day. They're doing it at night. They can't sleep. They feel boxed in, almost hostage, taken hostage. Even if they agree with the reason for the convoy, which is to uh, you know win back their liberty and not be forced to take uh, these these shots in order to to do their jobs, driving back and across that uh, back and forth. Excuse me, across the border. Um, so some are saying maybe they ought to tone this thing down and pull back on it because it's not helping the people. Uh, On the other hand, there are tens and hundreds of thousands of people who are saying, keep going. It's the only way we're going to win is if we do make other people uncomfortable and put even more pressure on the government to do something about it. So what is your feeling not only on where that convoy is headed, uh, and secondly, on whether or not um, we're going to see one here? There are rumors that uh, one's going to start as early as Sunday during the Super Bowl in Los Angeles and start the cross-country journey to D.C.,
3: my thoughts are that um, revolutions are seldom comfortable. I mean, this is to be expected. People have been oppressed. Um, people, as I mentioned, have lost so many rights, unheard of, um, continue to be oppressed, continue to be bullied by this tyrannical government of Trudeau. Um, I I just can't see that the way forward is anything else. I mean, this has caused not only the Canadian government to respond. Um, they've had deep pain to global industries. Um, by using their voice, by using their occupation, by fighting for the right to be employed and to do their job and to have their their freedom and medical privacy. Um, If we don't do this, if we don't follow suit, if we don't replicate, um, then it gives an inkling to our public officials that they are in charge of our personal lives. And, I, you know, it's it's difficult. You see the pain. Obviously, we recognize that there are implications. Um, There are implications of people standing up. There are also implications of people not standing up, and that's what we've seen for the last year and a half, two years. And so it's, at this point, I, I simply admire their conviction and their ability, and I think it's inspiring. And if a lot more Americans were less comfortable and more willing to protest to this degree, uh, we wouldn't have suffered tyranny for as long as we have in the greatest country on earth
2: yeah you know christina you're you're kind of echoing what I was saying um before you came on it was I think it was in the last segment of the first half hour. Um, I said we're going to have to come together and just deal with it. you know we freaked out when there was a shortage of toilet paper and a shortage of hand sanitizer and those masks in the early stages of uh, 2020 when the pandemic started and the the lockdowns and everything else happened uh, and people freaked. Um, and now they 're going to freak even more because they 're already low stocked, if not empty shelves uh, are going to get worse um, with the with a convoy happening shutting down the supply chains even f- th- further with thousands of trucks um, idling on highways and not delivering and we 're going to have to, as you just said, recognize that revolutions aren 't comfortable revolutions take sacrifice, and we 're going to have to come together share with one another if we can, whether it's neighbor to neighbor, friend to friend, family member to family member, whatever we've got to do, we can't cave in and say enough is enough. I want my stuff back and then be willing to surrender our freedom because of that. It's important that we pull together and know that shared sacrifice is the only way to make this work.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. The cost of freedom is seldom free, right? Right. We have to be willing to sacrifice in order to preserve something worth fighting for.
2: Christina, let me ask you about the uh, most hilarious story that I have seen in a very, very long time. I, I did a whole segment on the insanity of this, that it had to be parody. It had to be satire, either the Onion or the uh, Babylon Bee or one of the satire websites. When I saw the headline that said, Biden administration to give free crack pipes in the name of racial equity, I, it couldn't be real. But it is real, and I read the details. A $30 million grant being given to organizations to distribute drug kits, safe-smoking Kits that can be filled; these pipes can be filled according to the uh, the language in the in the report uh, with either crack or crystal methamphetamine or any other substances they wish, because it's safer to make crackheads smoke with these than with broken pipes that might lead to infections and uh, uh, the sharing of of disease in open source. Uh, it can't be real, but it is real. And now that the nation has gasped and laughed. At the insanity of that, they're trying to pull it back and saying, no, 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 no. The safe smoking kits don't actually include the pipes. Well, what makes a safe smoking kit a safe smoking kit if there's no pipe in it? I think they know that the American people have, um, you know, reacted appropriately to this, and they're trying really, really hard to walk it back. What's your take?
3: I think at this point, it's safe to assume that um, the only um, people that actually need a safe smoking kit in this country are the people running the Biden administration. Clearly, whatever they are on uh, does not make them coherent with reality or the needs of Americans. Um, This is a disgusting um, continual pursuit to promote and um, uh, destroy communities with the illicit drug use that is already a leading cause of death and areas, I mean, look at the opioid deaths exploding. I mean, this is, this. Is, these people will never, ever, ever connect with reality. And it, what scares me about this kind of stuff is not how stupid it is. And that should scare me. Um, but it's the reality that they will go to any length to destroy any community um, and to continue to oppress people, continue to keep people down and keep people on their potential voter rolls. And I think about things as risky and scary as um, the fact that they have made it very easy to mail abortion pills uh, mm-hmm. to young women's homes, to women's homes all across the country. And I wouldn't put them past them to do that if they're, I mean, if they're sending these crackpipes out, but it is truly really ludicrous that they would roll this out, that they would spend taxpayer dollars and that they would think that, you know what, this is going to fly under the radar, nobody's going to pick this up. Or maybe um, it's just one more attempted distraction from his failure to lead on the global stage, um, his failure to push back on Russia's failure to do just much of anything um, that any man um, in the global office, or in the, I apologize, the Oval Office, should be doing. We might as well call it the global office at this point. It's not, <laughs> that's yeah. It's not the office um, of the American people. It certainly is a globalist agenda that is being deployed from the Oval Office, but. These people are crazy. I mean, maybe he let his son run their communications um, for that department. I don't know. It's just oh my god! Disturbing. It, it, it's so funny.
2: It's so funny you said that. I I actually made a little meme up myself uh, the day before yesterday, Wednesday it was, that said Joe Biden has issued a statement. Uh, I did not actually order crack pipes to be delivered, free crack pipes to be delivered to addicts. My son got a hold of my phone again, uh, which is
3: exactly you know, exactly. <laughs>
2: There's no, there's no more famous crack addict in America than Hunter Biden, honestly. So if anybody would benefit from such a policy, it would be Hunter. So uh, we're going to leave it there, even though I wanted to ask you more about the relevancy of the race factor here, where he said specifically we have to give crack pipes to the underserved communities like African-Americans. I, I don't know if he thinks that's going to win him more African-American votes saying, hey, black people, we you know that crack you love so much. We're giving you pipes for it, man. Stay with us. Uh, The the insanity and the insulting nature of that to the African-American community should speak for itself. But maybe we'll talk about that next time. Christina Hagen, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. 1054, wrapping it after this. AM 1420, The Answer. 1056. Getting close to wrapping it up here. Really appreciate Christina Hagan, there. If you missed portions of her commentary in that interview, uh, you can always catch them along with the interview I did earlier today with um, uh, with uh, Tim Barton from the Epic Times. Uh, go to the webpage, whkradio.com, and click on the podcast page, and you will find it. Let me get a couple of uh, calls in here to wrap. Derek is in Richfield. Hi, Derek. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir.
1: Hey, morning, Bob. Thank you. Uh, you know, Bob, seeing, you know, seeing the police stage, coming out, you know, I mean, here in our country and in other countries, um, you know, I don't know if it's kind of a, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg kind of question. But, you know, do you think that it was there always it's always been that iron fist beneath the velvet glove and COVID is just what it was just 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 it's just a cover. And but it's always been there.
2: Um... Yeah. I, I I think I, I I think I view the the iron fist and a velvet glove um, analogy a little differently than you do um, because you're basically saying there's something that's a little bit more insidious under the surface that it, uh, that that sometimes just needs a reason to come out or be brought out and that Coven did that is that kind of what we're saying?
1: Uh, I, I mean that's what I see because you know I mean just uh, for instance the example of uh, elderly man you saw a video in, in Canada just uh, simply. Be, beeping a horn at, at, at the convoy, and then he gets called off and possibly, you know, it looked like he was bruised up or roughed yeah. up after that. I, I mean, that idea of what kind of human beings the police officers, anyone in authority would do that to another human being, whether now or, I mean, all throughout history, but the kind of, I mean, Anyone well, though, well, you,
2: you know, th- those are the tactics, <clears throat> excuse me, that the secret police used to use, uh, you know, in, in right. Nazi Germany with the Gestapo and the secret police and other dictatorial regimes. And thank you for the phone call. And sadly, my friend, Canada has become a dictatorial regime. Justin Trudeau is a tyrant. He is ordering his, you know, national um, security forces, including domestic security forces like the police officers to do his evil bidding. Uh, and if this is what they're instructed to do, I'm not justifying that they're doing it, but I'm telling you that's probably why they're doing it. It's either that or quit your job. <clears throat> and that's what we have to worry about here. Now, I know there's an ongoing dispute about the nature of policing in America, but I can never in, my, in a million years imagine any American police officer following the orders of a Joe Biden and be, being told to rough up innocent people for their opinions. Thanks, everybody, for a great time today. Let's go, Brandon.